What is going on, everybody? Hopefully you guys are all doing well out there. That's right. We are back again on the Sports Card Show program, and I'm very happy that you are tuning in today. I really appreciate it. So on today's show, just a um, a minor topic that we'll talk about. It was spurred from a tweet that was a few weeks ago, or a week or two ago, um, that I got. I don't even know the guy. Um, I don't even know how it got on my timeline, but I read it, and I was like, man, this is something uh, that I want to talk about on on today's show, and it talk it it involves um, setting a budget, having a plan for your collection. I'm sure we've talked about this um, in the past on the show, but I felt like it's a good time to always refresh, especially a topic like this, because the hobby really isn't about you spending your money responsibly, okay? It's not in the best interest of Tops or Upper Deck or Panini for you to, uh, you know, very strategically and uh, confidently uh, budget and spend your money in this hobby. They just want you to buy every release. Um, Same with check out my cards and eBay and certainly group breakers, which is kind of what this tweet has to do about. None of these guys want you to... Of you know responsibly spend your money and budget your money and kind of get the best cards you can possibly get for the money you're spending in this hobby. Now that's not to say uh, you know buying into a group break every once in a while or you know I was in in Reno uh, a week or so ago uh, ended up going down to South Lake Tahoe after picking up some product at, at Southern Hobby. And, um, you know, I blew some money in the casino, but, you know, I got a free hotel room and I'll probably get some other, uh, you know, I had a free hot chocolate and a banana the next day with the comps. So not all, not all terrible, but, um, you know, you, if I did that every day, then I think I'd have a gambling problem. And I think if you're buying into group breaks every week or every set that comes out, you probably have uh, what could be determined as a gambling problem, uh, but you certainly have a spending problem on these group breaks. Um, Again, unless that is exactly the way you want to spend your money uh, in this hobby. And it can be fun, okay? It's certainly fun to go to a casino, and even when you lose $100, $200, um, you can have a lot of fun doing that, okay? I just saw the other day that uh, Disney raised the price to go to Disneyland, and now it's like over $200, okay? So if you have a family of, of four, that's $800 for one day of entertainment. So certainly going to a casino or buying a box of cards um, might be even cheaper than taking the kids to Disneyland. It might even be more fun. I don't know. I haven't been to Disneyland in a while. So uh, we'll talk about that. Then I have some other minor topics, not meant to be a really long show, um, but we'll have some other topics after that, just some really quick hitting uh, kind of uh, stuff. So let me get to this tweet. So this was, I'm not going to say who it is. Um, It it doesn't really matter. It's really the context of what they said kind of spurred today's topic. So this guy says, I've been on a rough streak. I could have bought a LeBron rookie and Jordan Auto for how much I've spent on breaks this past three weeks. All I have to show for it at the moment is a football and some base cards. So this guy, uh, I don't know, a Jordan Auto, let's say, is 300 bucks, and a, a LeBron rookie is 100 So we'll, we'll just assume maybe he spent uh, $400 to $500 on breaks over the last three weeks. Could be more, could be less. But, um, 
you know, all he has for, at the moment is a football. So he opened some kind of maybe TriStar product or maybe, I don't know who's putting football in some products and some base cards for the same price as a Jordan rookie or a Jordan auto and a LeBron, uh, a LeBron, LeBron rookie and Jordan auto. That's what I meant to say. So first thing here. If you find yourself in this situation or if you think you might find yourself in this situation, first thing I want you to do is take a step back and say, what do you want out of the hobby? Do you want a bunch of cards? Do you want to have a room full of cards? Okay. And there's some collectors out there that are like this. Okay. There are some collectors that just want tons and tons of cards, boxes and boxes of cards sitting around. They want to organize them, fondle through them, whatever they want to do. If that's you, that's great. Talk about that in a minute. Maybe you just want uh, maybe a smaller box of really nice cars, cards. Okay, I'd love to have a small garage of nice cars. Okay. <laughs> Certainly don't have that. But maybe you just want a box of like nice prospect autos or maybe Hall of Fame autos or just cards that are are maybe a little bit more expensive than your average card. Instead of having a bunch of boxes of base and inserts and just a bunch of stuff, you just want maybe a more consolidated collection. Maybe you just want all of one team or one player or kind of a mixture of both. You, you collect the Lakers, and so you have a bunch of Kobe's, and you have maybe a little bit of LeBron and Kuzma and some of the other guys on the team. So you're more of a team kind of player guy. Maybe you want a prospect. You kind of like the idea of buying a card for, for $100 or $10 and, and seeing it go up once the player emerges as, a, as a, a player, whether it's in baseball or basketball or whatever. You like to prospect a little bit. Now, there's other uh, forms of collectors, I'm sure, that are out there, but these, I think, kind of really hone in on kind of the top four that I run into on a, a relatively uh, regular basis, or at least what I observe, I guess. I don't necessarily run into these people, but I observe people, e- either the collector that just likes tons of cards. Every time they go to Target, they get a blaster. Every time they see a box, a, a 3,200 count uh, uh, at the card show, they're just buying a bunch of cards, okay? This is somebody that we call, we affectionately call a card fondler. They like to have cards, fondle them, flip them through uh, boxes and all that, okay? Put them into sleeves, organize them, whatever they want to do. And I can totally see, again, I'm not making fun of these people. I actually can totally see the there might be therapeutic uh, benefits in there. If you have it out in the garage, I can totally see getting away from the wife and the kids uh, and, 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 and sitting out there and doing these kind of things. And again, there's people that just like really nice cards, they tend to get rid of the base, get rid of kind of the extra stuff, and they kind of just hoard um, some of the nicer stuff. And then obviously we have the team and the kind of player collectors and the prospector, kind of speculator kind of guy. Now, after you determine, and you can change your mind. 
Okay, you could start in this hobby as somebody that just wants lots of cards and change to somebody that just wants a, a you know a small handful of select cards. I don't mind that at all. Don't feel like uh, you know once you pick a lane in this hobby that you can't change lanes. You certainly can. Okay, so if you start out as as maybe just collecting and you realize. You know, I don't expect you to go collect Boston Red Sox players, but maybe you want to collect some basketball. Zion's out this year, and you and you like him or something, or or uh, you know whatever it is. A certain set, you know, you start collecting these cards, these Yankee cards of a certain set, and you kind of like them, and you want to collect the football version or the baseball version or the basketball version, whatever it is. Don't mind that at all. So don't feel like once you determine. What you want out of this hobby, what you want with your collection, I think is a better way to put it. Don't feel like you're cornered, boxed into that. It's not like picking a job or, you know, you can transition out of it uh, a lot easier. You know what I mean? It's not like buying a house where it's like, oh man, you know, I could sell my house, but I'd have to box all my stuff up and I'd have to buy another place. And you know what I mean? Like it's a little more involved. Whereas cards, you know, it's it's not neat. the the barrier to change lanes, um, so to speak, is is not not that difficult. Okay, so, but I think it's good to know where you're at. Okay, just like a golfer who's been practicing kind of knows what kind of score they can expect to shoot on a given course. I think you, as a collector, should know. Okay, I'm collecting Yankee cards. I'm collecting prospects right now. I'm only collecting vintage right now. I'm only, uh, maybe you're taking a break. I, you know, figure out where you're at at the current moment. But again, don't feel like you can't change uh, if you change your mind. So um, f- first step is to, to, to not end up like this guy that tweeted that he spent hundreds of dollars over the last couple of weeks. Could have had a, a Jordan Auto and a LeBron rookie. All he's got is base and a football. Um, figure out. He didn't figure out what he wants out of this hobby. He was uh, either sucked into uh, the salesman job of the group breaker, or maybe it was a habit, or maybe he was kind of having fun, either chatting in the room. Um, The other thing to remember is if this guy had pulled case hit after case hit over the last three weeks... This would not be his opinion. He'd be on there saying, oh my God, I've been so lucky or I've been killing it in these breaks and I'm so excited. This is why it's so important to determine what kind of collector you want to be because short-term results can change your thinking and can alter uh, what, you know, really what truly is probably the best strategy to be the best collector you possibly can be. Because like I said, if this guy was on a heater over the last three weeks, guess what? Over the next, is he going to quit? Is he going to question that? No, he's going to keep going. And chances are he's going to probably blow even more money and get further down a rabbit hole he doesn't really want to get down. And so I want you to figure out what kind of collector you want to be. Where you're at right now. Where you're at, maybe maybe not where you're at right now. Where do you want to be in five months, six months, 12 months? You know, maybe you got a bunch of cards and you kind of want to weed it down. Well, you know, you can do that pretty quickly if you want to blow through those cards, but maybe you don't want to just wholesale them out. You want to slowly start selling these cards off or, or send them in a check on my cards or, or sell them wherever. 
So not only maybe determine where you're at now, but where you want to be. I think it's a really important thing. And if this guy that tweeted this had determined that, if he thought, man, I'd really like a Jordan auto, really like a LeBron rookie, maybe I shouldn't buy into this break or this one and this one and this one and this one. And just kind of be, you know, shooting money off, basically. Now, next thing I want you to do, once you figure out what lane you want to be in, figure out the best way to acquire these cards, okay? So it could be trading. Maybe trading is the best way to acquire these cards. Obviously, uh, you know, buying singles on eBay or check out my cards or, or, or whatever. Uh, maybe at a card show, if you're like a dime box guy, Okay, dime boxes only exist at card shows, really. And it's a great way to, uh, um, there's not a lot of card shows in in my, uh, you know, without having to drive, I'd have to drive over an hour to get to a a semi-decent card show. And they had one in the Bay Area that I attended uh, for, for several years, and they, they closed that one down. That one was actually pretty good. I liked going to that one because there were dime boxes and PSA. guys. I remember there was always a table with like a bunch of just boo-graded PSA stuff, and he, it, was like a do, it was like a dollar or two dollars each. And it was, you know, it was decent stuff. It was stuff that sold on Check On My Cards for eight to ten dollars. I, I would get tons of it when I could. Um... And then there's dime boxes and things like that that you can hunt through. So think about what kind of collector you want to be. And then I think the next step is figure out the most economical way. Or it may not be the economics might not even play a role into it. It might be just what is the best way to acquire these cards? Do you got to get on a message board and build up some reputation to start finding some of these cards that might be a little harder to find or don't come up for sale very often. Maybe that's a great way to do it. Might do, do that same, you know, same thing for trades and things like that. Maybe, maybe it's not message boards. It's just maybe it's Facebook or, and, and Twitter and things like that. So determine what is the best way to acquire cards. What, what, how are you going to acquire these cards how are you going to, um, you know, achieve the goal of the collection? Like if you're trying to collect a bunch of uh, Zion Williamson cards, let's think about that. Okay, so Zion is red hot right now. Okay, he's come back from his injury, looks really good, looks about how I thought he would look. I think he's going to be, if he stays healthy, which is a caveat you can apply to any athlete in the world. If Zion stays healthy, I think he's going to be one of the best players in the league for many, many years, maybe even uh, 10 years or more. He shoots a high percentage. He shoots inside, you know, a lot of the NBA now is like these outside shooters and and even the best outside shooters are a 30, 40% shooter. Zion's not going to be out there by the three point, maybe later in his career, he'll he'll venture out to the three point line, but he's going to get, he's going to draw fouls and he's going to shoot a high percentage inside. Those are, that's an incredibly, I don't care what style they're playing in the NBA, high percentage shots inside, 
uh, and you draw fouls, you get the other team in foul troubles, you control the tempo a little bit, man, he's going to be a really good player. Okay, And there's actually, there were more players like Zion, uh, call it 20 years ago, um, but the, the, it's, the NBA is just a lot different now than it was called maybe 15, 20 years ago, maybe even like 10 or 12 years ago. Um, it's changed quite a bit. It's more kind of up-tempo, quick shots, quick threes, um, you know, run to the three-point line. Uh, not a lot of half court, not every team is like this, but not a lot of half court offense being run in, in the NBA right now like, until playoffs really come around. Then you see a lot more half court offense, but, uh, Zion's going to be a very valuable player. So let's think about this. Maybe, maybe the best time to acquire Zion cards is not right now. Okay. That could be, that could be false. Um, but it could be true. Because if you think about LeBron, LeBron has had dips in his career. Everybody's had dips. Everybody's cards have kind of gone up and kind of peaked and then and then dipped. And then, uh, you know, there's always been a moment when you could acquire a guy. And so maybe when Zion's not 19 and in his, you know, 20th game or whatever, might not be the best time to acquire his card. Maybe be judicious about what you were acquiring. And again, you make these decisions yourself. I'm just kind of giving you uh, the thought process I would go through if I want to buy Zion. And I look, I've looked at Zion cards. I just don't think there's there, there's money to be made there, but it's really speculative, okay? It'd be really, really, really high risk, high speculation to think you're going to buy his cards right now and flip them. Uh, could it happen? Uh, the odds are, are probably fairly good, but again, you would be out, you know, out, out, you know, be risking a fair amount of money. Um, and, and it'd be risky. Okay. Because if he gets hurt again, he's going to get shut down. The opinions about him might change depending on the injury and things like that. Um, you know, and, and and if the Pelicans don't make the playoffs, which I don't think they probably will, unless they really get hot, um, you know, he's gonna, you know, the, the NBA playoffs are gonna start, and no one's really gonna care about Zion, uh, not in 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 a relative sense. So, those are the kind of things you want. I, I you know, I'd like you to think about is figure out what kind of collector you want to be. What are you gonna collect? What do you want? You know. What do you want? I don't think anybody wants to just blow money on breaks or, or blow money on, on things they don't really want, okay? Then I want to figure out the best way to acquire the cards. Okay, maybe if you're a prospector, maybe buying them their first year might not be that good of a good idea, especially in basketball and, and, and certainly football too, I think. Baseball might be a little, little bit different. How are you going to acquire these cards? What do you want? How are you going to get them? Now, finally, third, and finally, probably the most important part. So if you're on a run, if you're at work, if you're uh, at school, hopefully not in class, um, whatever you're doing right now, really want you to focus in on this third point here. That is, I want you to get a budget, Okay. I know this is not, uh, again, nobody's going to preach this to you in, this, in the community. Tops and Panini are not going to tell you to get a card budget. 
Okay. And there's not a single group breaker out there that's going to be like, hey, man, I think you've been spending a lot of money with me over the last couple months. I think you should slow down. None of them are going to do that. Okay. Just like MGM and, and, uh, and Caesars aren't going to do that on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, there's not a breaker out there that's going to do that. Check out my cards. It's not going to be like, hey, man, I've noticed you spent a lot of money in, in your account. I think you should slow down a little bit. They're not going to do that either. It's on you. It's the most important thing. So get a budget. Real briefly how you do this, what I want you to do is figure out how much money you make per month. If it varies, you know, find an average. You, you should have just gotten uh, like your, whether it's a W-2 or a 1099 or whatever it is that you get from your employer, you should have just gotten that back in the last uh, week or two for your ta- upcoming taxes. And it should tell you how much money you brought in. Then I want you to start minusing the essentials in your life, okay? You've got rent. You probably have a car. Uh, maybe you don't have a car payment, but you probably have to buy gas for that. Um, you have to have food. You have to have, uh, you know, other, you know, you have to have a cell phone. You have to have internet. You probably have, if you don't have cable, you probably have Hulu or Netflix. Um, you probably need kind of shitting around money. Um, just, you know, just, just here and there, you, you, you go to a movie or something. Then, this is the most important part. I want you guys to have a budget set aside for investing in the stock market. The stock market has been on fire. You don't have to check Twitter and see Donald Trump brag about it every uh, other day. Okay. You don't have to do that. You can check it yourself and realize it's on fire. I look at my account balances, not every day, but every once in a while, I log in there, and I'm like, holy shit, Apple's up 100%. Apple stock is up 100%. The largest stock in the universe is up 100% over the last year. Can you believe that? I can't. It's unbelievable. This is not a company that has announced any really significant new products. Their stock is up 100 fucking percent. It's crazy. Okay, and it's not really crazy if you really look into it. It makes some sense. Um, some of the valuations have certainly got heated. Uh, Tesla. Okay, I bought some Tesla stock. I think I paid like two eighty for it. Just speculation. Uh, last time I looked, it was like eight hundred. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like a couple months ago, that stock was like under two hundred. Now it's at eight hundred. I mean, it's incredible. Okay. As hot as basketball cards can be and baseball, and we all say, oh, man, look at this, that. Trust me, guys. It's not a whole lot. That's why I want you to budget a little bit. I don't care if it's $10 a week or if it's $100 a week. Set some money aside. Open up an account. Get with Schwab. Get with E-Trade. Get with Fidelity. Robinhood. I don't care. But make regular deposits into that account. I prefer weekly deposits, okay? I prefer weekly deposits, okay? I deposit into my son's account. I deposit $5 a week into my son's getting money for birthdays and things like that. And I deposit $5 a week into their account. One of, one of my sons, who's almost three, has, tw- I think, about $1,200. The other one just turned one. He has like $600 in his account, okay? Uh, if they continue on this pace, by the time they're 18 and they can take over that account, they'll have probably well over $10,000, which is a lot of money, 
discipline. And that's what I hope to teach my kids is I don't care what they do with the money. They can go blow it all on on partying if for all I care when they turn 18. And I'll tell them that. But what I want to explain to them is say, hey, look, your dad was disciplined over 18 years and saved $5 a week and look how much money you have. And I didn't just save it and put it into a bank account and just let it sit there. I actually invested it. I think that's the next step that you have to take. But weekly deposits into some kind of brokerage account and actively invest that. And here's the exciting part. Weekly deposit into a, like a card buying account. Everybody, you know, maybe you've got a checking and a savings account. Maybe you can just open up one. Uh, for me, it's really easy online. You can just open up an account. That there, you know, none of them, most banks don't, I don't want to say none of them, but most banks don't have account minimums or anything like that. You can just open up a bank account. It doesn't hurt your credit score. doesn't really do, you know, it's just an account. So what I would do, Again, after we minus out all our expenses, after we set a little aside for some some investing into the stock market, after we do all that, hopefully you have a little bit of money left over. I don't care if it's $5 or $10 or, or $200. I'm giving you permission to now deposit that into an account, maybe right into your PayPal. So if you pay cards uh, with PayPal, just set up an automatic withdrawal right into PayPal. I don't know if you can, maybe you can do that, um, but th- that's what I would do. Or every Friday, log into your bank account. Boom, $25 over to PayPal. Now you got $25 sitting in PayPal ready to spend on cards. I think that would be a really, really smart thing to do. It would help avoid overspending. Okay, a new product comes out and the breaker's like, oh, I got, uh, you know, 18 case uh, random uh, roll dice and flip coin, uh, you know, pick your team kind of thing. And it's $65 a spot, which would, you know, most breaks are a lot more expensive than that these days. And you only got 25 in PayPal. Well, guess what? It's over your budget. Can't do it. So get a budget and stick to it. Put them, segregate the money. Okay, I think that's really important too. Put it in a separate account. Put it in your PayPal account. Put it in whatever account. I don't care. Separate it, and there's your card money. And if you got twenty five dollars in there, you can spend twenty five. If you got two hundred fifty, you can spend two hundred fifty. And if you don't spend any that week or two weeks or three weeks, guess what? You'll have more to spend when you're ready to. So there you go. I don't want you to find yourself in the same situation as this, uh, this gentleman on Twitter. I assume it's a gentleman, since the majority of people that collect cards are. Where you buy into break after break after break after break. And you, you know when you add up all the money, you could have a, literally a Jordan Auto and a LeBron rookie. Or maybe a really nice... Jordan auto or maybe a kind of a shitty Jordan auto and kind of a shitty LeBron auto if that even exists but instead you have a bunch of base cards that you don't even really want I don't want you to end up in this situation and I don't think you have to if 
You decide what kind of collector you want to be. What kind of cards do you really want? When you lay your head on your pillow at night and all is quiet and you're resting, what cards do you think about? What cards do you dream about? Okay? Is it a bunch of base cards? Is it a bunch of insert cards? Is it a LeBron rookie? Is it a Kobe Bryant autograph? Is it a Hakeem Olajuwon autograph? Whatever it is, that's what I want you to buy. That's what I want you to focus on. I don't want you just to be willy-nilly kind of buying whatever, you know, falling into the trap this hobby wants you to get into. They just want you to buy, 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 buy without ever really thinking about it. You're smarter than that. You're listening to a sports card show podcast, which means you're really, really enthusiastic about trading cards. So be really intelligent about your collection. And I think, you know, after you do this for six months, 12 months, 24 months, five years, six years, seven years, you're going to lay your head on that same pillow when all is quiet. And you're going to be like, man, I am so happy I have this card and this card and this card and this card. And I'm so happy that I don't have these cards and didn't buy into this and do this and do this. I really have what I want. And everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's a fan of a different sport, a different brand, a different team, whatever it is. I want you to determine how you will acquire these cards, okay? Once you decide what you want, how are you going to get it? You're going to trade for it? You're going to buy it outright? You're going to, what are you going to do? And finally, most important step, I want you to get a budget. I want you to deposit into that account, whatever, however much, everybody's a different financial situation, okay? Some people might be able to do a lot of money into a hobby budget. Some people might be doing very small amounts of money. Whatever it is, I don't care. I want you to regularly deposit into that. Weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, Whatever you whatever you you feel is best for your situation. Deposit into a PayPal account, deposit into another bank account you set up, savings account, whatever it is. I don't care. But this is after you determine what your bills are, what other little bit of savings you're gonna do. And then finally you have a little bit extra or whatever extra for cards. Okay? Hopefully that helps some of you guys out there. Again, I don't want to find I don't want you to end up in the situation where you go on a 3-week binge buying into breaks or buying blaster boxes at Target or whatever and you kind of look around and be like, "Well, that was kind of fun, but I I don't want I don't even want these cards." I don't think that's a good situation to be in. Okay? I don't think that's a good situation to be in any hobby. Okay? If you like buying guns, I don't think it'd be great to go buy a Smith & Wesson and a Glock and a CZ and a HK and a AR-15 and then come home and, and be like, man, uh, I really wish I would have bought the Dan Wesson. You know what I mean? Like, figure out what the fuck you want and then get figure out how you're going to acquire it. I mean, if it's a $5 card, just go buy it, I guess. But if it's something that costs a little bit of money... Uh, you know, get a budget and get a plan and, and, and execute on it. I think that's the most important thing. 
So hopefully that helps. Uh, hey, if that helped you out, send me a tweet at SportsCardRadio. Send me an email, SportsCardShow at gmail.com or at Facebook slash SportsCardRadio. Send me a comment. Send me a message if that helped you in any way or if you've thought about I'm sure many of you listening to this right now, you've thought about all this before and maybe this helped tie it together or you have something to add, whatever it is, contact me and let me know. Moving on, a couple topics here really quickly. We have a class action lawsuit, done, 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 against this time PWCC, PSA, and uh, maybe some Probstein and some other people, maybe. Um, now, don't know much about the law. I'm not going to get on here and act like a lawyer. Some of you guys clock out of your day job and then clock in and be a lawyer. You've never uh, studied law. You've never taken the bar. You are not a lawyer, but you you try to be one on Twitter or you try to be one on uh, wherever it is. I, I don't try to do that. I'm not here to tell you what the outcome of this case will be. I'm not going to tell you uh, what I think the outcome will be. I, I think I know what it should be, but... Um, Look, the only thing I know about uh, court cases and things like that, they take a very, very long time, okay? 12 months, 24 months, 36 months. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys will be like, oh, we haven't heard anything about the, the Panini lawsuit that the guy had about the redemptions. Well, guys, if you do a little research... The case is still going on, but th- this is what happens. This is not uh, like a one-hour episode of Night Court or, or, or Murder, She Wrote or whatever, okay? The thing doesn't, you know, the crime doesn't happen and then get investigated and solved all in an hour. It, it just doesn't work that way, okay? This will be drawn out likely over a very long period of time. And it may be something that we can, we can update publicly. It may not be. I don't know. You know, I'm not an attorney. Don't try to pretend to be one. Wouldn't want to be one. Um, would never want to study that much or or have to work that hard, quite frankly. So, class action lawsuit. think it's a, a step in the right t- direction. But again, this is something that's going to play out over a long period of time. So, we'll see what happens. Quick Amazon update. Really excited about that. Uh, really excited. Um, so I opened, uh, I haven't opened yet really, but I've got a, a four, about a 400 square foot space where, um, I'll be having a little bit of a shop. I'm not going to be selling cards. Uh, the problem with cards are the alloc- the way the allocations work. Allocation is one negative thing about opening a quote unquote card shop. The other negative thing is, um, the profit margins are just, not okay yeah if you could get a full allocation or or you know if you could get all the product you want uh and and then be able to sell it you know some stuff sells for a good margin but it's few and far between um so for example like this year uh with panini product in particular um football was a disaster Football's literally selling every, almost every football product that came out this year, and this is the Kyler Murray rookie year, is selling for cost or less. Like literally almost nothing in football went up in value. Basketball's a different story, okay? And I'm referring both 
to the Zion Williamson, but also the Luka Doncic and uh, Trey Young uh, year. I mean, this stuff is is selling for a lot of stuff is like double or triple. Um, and I'm not talking about the high end stuff. It, it's everything. So, um, so it's hit or miss. Um, and it's difficult. It would be difficult to to um, judge all this. It would be difficult to sustain. This is why there's very few hobby shops in, in, in the country that are. I mean, if they exist, they're they're usually not doing very well. Okay. What I'm going to be selling primarily are board games, which you can often get a full allocation for, and often the pro- the profit margin in board game is more of a keystone, quote unquote. A markup where you pay 20 and you sell it for 40, or you pay 15 and you sell it for 30, or you pay 40 and you sell it for 80. Uh, that is far, far, far more traditional and f- happens far, far more often. Uh, the other thing I, I sell, is, as you guys know um, quite a bit, are trading card supplies. And that is actually um, some of the most, cons- I believe, the most consistent way to make money in this hobby, period. Think about it. We just had that mil. There was like that million card uh, break in uh, in Texas where Tops did a, a million. And the, the, the only the only thing I'm going to say about that really briefly is it was at a football stadium. Like, why wasn't why aren't we doing the million card break at a baseball stadium? I think it would have been cooler at. Okay, I can I understand. I think the Texas Rangers are building a. Um, a new stadium. I think I saw a video where it was like on fire for a minute. Um, and the Astros, who knows what, what they're doing. Um, and you know, I understand the event probably had to be in Texas because that's the company that prints all the cards. That's where they are. And logistically it's probably better just to have it all done there. But, um, and maybe even in Dallas, I don't know, but maybe there's a minor league stadium. I think it would have been cooler to have it like in a minor league stadium than where they had it. Okay. Uh, maybe it was on the field. I kind of envisioned like it was going to be on the field at uh, the Cowboys stadium, but it was up in like a, a suite or a conference room or something. So wasn't even that great, but I guess that's my only thing. Um, but anyways, we had top series one come out a million freaking cards were broken in one, one day or two days. I don't know how long it was, but um, think about that. A million cards. Okay. I, I don't want to guess, but how? what percentage of those cards are going to go in some kind of sleeve, some kind of top loader or both? A one touch. Think about that. Okay, and this is just one break. One break. It was, you know, kind of a big break. Um, but, you know, there's all these cards. They're at Target. I was at Target today. I saw Series 1 at Target. Okay, those are going to get opened up, and those are going to go into sleeves and, and, and stuff. So needless to say, guys, my s- supply business has been on fire, fire. And the other really good thing is Am- the, the best thing about Amazon is they continue to invest, unlike eBay especially, um, they continue to invest in their business model and it benefits me as a seller, okay? They went to one day, if you're a, a, Am- a frequent Amazon buyer, you know that oftentimes now you're buying stuff, you're either getting it the same day or the very next day. This is like on almost everything that you buy. You're getting it the same day or the very next day. I mean, it's amazing. It's fucking amazing, okay? The other thing that you might not realize is you're actually sometimes paying a little bit more for that, 
Okay, there might be a seller fulfilled, somebody selling something for a little cheaper, but you won't get it for a week or two. And Amazon is showing you the offer where you get it the next day, it might be a dollar or two dollars more. So I am able to charge more. There's a lot of guys selling supplies on Amazon. Trust me, the competition is out there. It's not not any secret. Okay, what I'm telling you right now is not a secret within the industry. But not a lot of them, not all of them use Amazon Prime and fulfilled by Amazon. And the other thing that I've noticed with the one-day Prime, same-day Prime, I'm able to up my prices. And actually, Amazon just passed through uh, some fee increases too. And I've gone through and adjust uh, adjust my prices on a lot of items after that. And also, we saw with, with the China tariffs a little bit. And just in general, you have kind of price inflation. Uh, this is my third or fourth year kind of doing this. Um, every year, everything gets a titch more expensive, either from the plastic side or the, the Amazon fee side. Um, and you know, I'm able to pass those price increases through. So that, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Amazon is, um, and it's not always the case with eBay. eBay is kind of a race for the bottom, whereas Amazon with the, with the way it's kind of structured, it's actually allows you to sometimes increase your price. So that's what I'm, I'm really, really excited about and really excited to see, where um, that business, along with kind of um, kind of the store, kind of the combo of that, the Amazon business will re- really help. Um, um, really, I needed the space. You know, I had people ask me, you know, why am I why am I open up a store again? All all honesty, it actually lowers my cost. Okay, believe it or not, actually getting a space. I mean, a thousand foot space, fifteen hundred square feet. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I, I got a four hundred square foot spot at about a dollar a square foot. It actually is going to lower my operating cost, believe it or not. Okay, and on top of that, free up some space around my house because I literally got, I got like five hundred units the other day. I ordered five hundred units from uh, Southern Hobby. And this was after I drove to Reno and picked up, I don't know, two, 300 units in my car and drove home with it. Um, I had like 30 boxes come from UPS and got put on my porch. And I was like, oh my God, thank God I don't have to bring this inside or find a spot for it. Okay. Cause I got kids and God, they, they have so many toys and crap and things like that, that I've, I've run out of room in my house really. Um, so it's freed up room cleaner house. Um, and, and not only that kind of lowers my operating costs, it's also easier to find employees. Okay. I don't have to invite, uh, employ- I didn't do this anyways, but, um, if I needed help with my Amazon business, I, I would, you know, quite, quite potentially need to invite somebody over to my house to kind of help me out. Well, now it's like, here are the keys, go to the office or go to the store and, uh, and, uh, you know, bang these things out. So it's a lot easier in that sense. So, Amazon update, it's going really good. I'm averaging $4. I looked at my profit margin. I'm averaging, this is how I look at Amazon too. Four, I'm averaging $4 a unit profit. Okay, so for every unit I buy, I basically make, on average, $4. So when I order 100 units, I make $400 off that, on average, Okay. And what I found is it takes about an hour per 100 units. So if I have a 300-unit order that I, I acquire 
through uh, through a distributor. I unbox, I bundle, I box up and send it to Amazon. It takes about an hour for every uh, hundred units. So I am making close to four hundred dollars per hour working on Amazon. I'll repeat that. I am making four hundred dollars. I am averaging four hundred dollars per hour. I put in to my Amazon business. It's absolutely sensational. Okay. Find me a group break. I know there's a lot of people in this business. Oh man, the group breaker's doing so good. Find me a group breaker that's making $400 an hour, guys. Find me a group breaker that can show me two nice watches, a nice car, and, and a nice pair of pants. Okay, I'm still waiting for that. Still waiting. So again, Get the financial advice, get hobby advice from three broke people, and you'll be the fourth. Get hobby advice, Amazon advice, money-making advice from one person doing well, and you'll be the second, okay? Baseball's coming soon. Really excited about baseball season, Um, in part, uh, sadly, sadly, because Kobe Bryant died, I have not... Since that has happened, I have not been interested in basketball. I think I've caught a, a, a Pelican game, uh, one or two of them, briefly. Um, I have not been able to watch a single Laker game. I think I'm just going to wait till the playoffs start with them. Um, just because I just can't. I, I just, I don't know. I just, it, it, that definitely, I was excited about basketball. And then that event obviously happened. It's just kind of changed uh, things for me with basketball it's just kind of uh, got me down on basketball. But I'm excited about uh, flipping on the Giants. Uh, they come on oftentimes uh, at night. Thursday games too, and I'm able to catch those as well. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about baseball season. Uh, looks like we've got uh, what about another month or so, month, a little over a month, I think, until the games actually start. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to, for that season to start. Kind of when that season starts, you kind of roll into um, the NBA and you've got uh, the Masters. Uh, just a great sports season kind of coming. Um, and obviously the NFL draft. I, I honestly had one of the best years following football of my fucking life. Okay, I'm a fan of the Bengals and they were terrible. But guess what? They got the number one pick. And so they're probably, and I think if you, that's the best, to me, that's one of the best outcomes your team can have in the NFL or any sport probably is if they're going to be bad and they're going to miss the playoffs, you might as well be epically bad and get the number one pick. And that's what happened with the Bengals. And so I'm excited. They're going to get a quarterback and uh, I'm excited to watch him. And I was thinking about canceling league pass or uh, the NFL uh, was it the Sunday ticket. I was thinking about canceling because it's really expensive. Um, and oftentimes here's what happens, uh, depending on what team you root for. Well, there's a third, your team gets on Thursday night, then they get on a Monday night probably. And then they, they might be on regional TV. Maybe they play the Raiders or, or the Raiders are blacked out or whatever. And the Bengals come on or whatever. And so you end up paying like $400 for like, like 10 games or six games or something. And so you pay this obscene amount. Uh, for to watch 16 games when really you only needed it for uh, I think you can do like pay per view uh, I think it's like forty dollars a game or forty five dollars a game to watch it kind of on a pay per view style um, but 
no, I'm, I'm not going to cancel my league pass now that we got the number one pick. So I'm excited about that. The other thing is I have 49ers season, uh, season tickets to the 49ers, so you can imagine how that went. Um, so I actually have a front row, uh, row one season ticket to the to just one. I don't have two, uh, but I just have one to the 49ers. And um, so I made made really lots of money and they made it to the Super Bowl and they disappointed a little bit in this, but they came really close in the Super Bowl and it's a, it's a young team. It's a team with a young coach and, and uh, um, a strategy to kind of get for, I think they're missing a playmaker. I think that I saw rumors they might sign AJ green or someone like that, I think would really help them. I think they're missing that kind of breakout playmaker, especially at the wide receiver position. That could have really helped in, in that Super Bowl game, get an extra first down or two. They probably could have won that game. So really great year. That team I kind of root for in the NFC made the Super Bowl. The team I really root for, the team I actually root for and really am kind of in love with, uh, was so bad. They got the number one pick, and they're going to get a new quarterback. So I'm excited uh, about football season coming up. Uh, upcoming shows here on the Sports Card Show podcast. We will have a... We will have another show this month. We'll be covering the Tops Conference. So the Tops Conference, I think, is in about a week or two. My brother will be attending and will be trying to start as much trouble. Uh, I say that only half joking. I think it, it is kind of true. Um, but he'll be trying to dig up as much dirt and information as he possibly can. And we'll be uh, joining you uh, likely on the Premium Podcast at sportscardradio.com slash premium for that one. I will also be putting together another premium podcast, uh, probably not this month, but maybe potentially next month, uh, about opening a card store. Uh, since I've done it twice now, I'm in the process of my second one. And um, have gone, you know, kind of gone through the evolution of that. And, and like I said, I'm not, uh, I, I hate to, to say I'm not opening a card shop actually this time. I'll have some card products, but um, I, I will not be having, I will not be selling packs. I will not be selling boxes. It's just not a profitable thing to do. Um, but the the cards, the, uh, excuse me, not the cards, but the supplies and the board games. And the other thing I'm into are the toys, the little figurines, um, kind of the McFarlands, but there's other ones, uh, not Funko Pop. I don't really like those. There's too many of them and, um, there's just too many of them, but there, there's other makers that actually make, uh, a little bit more obscure ones, uh, a little bit harder to find. Those are the ones I find that have the best profit margin and, um, uh, are the best sellers for me are, are kind of the, the funky ones um, that you can find or occasionally find like Star Wars or like DC Comics, Marvel comic guys on a, on a closeout. And I think you can make some money there. Maybe the Funkos on a closeout. I've, I've profited a little bit there here and there on those, but um, uh, there's some money to be made there. So um, that's about it. So, oh, last thing. Last year, 2019, I wanted you to make it your best year ever. And I think some of you probably did that. This year, I want you to make every moment count. And I want to tell you why, um, you know, I want to give you kind of the philosophy difference, okay? 
the for some of you, you took the bull by the horns and you probably certainly made 2019 your best year ever and it carried over into 2020. That's the beauty of setting goals and, and committing yourself and, and trying new things and, and acquiring new skills and skill set and things like that. The cool thing is, is it carries over, carries over into 2020 and you're probably having a good year now. Now, some of you guys... The thing is, is about the, a slogan like make make uh, the year the best year ever, you could slack on that. It's kind of like a diet. It can be like, I want to lose 20 pounds this year. Well, I don't really think that's that. I mean, I think it's a great goal if you want to lose 20 pounds. Lose, by all means, set that goal and try it. But I think it's a little too broad because you could go eight months, nine months and not do anything and then all of a sudden kind of binge the last three months and lose the 20 pounds. And you yes, you accomplished your goal, but you really only applied yourself for three months. And then, so for some of you guys, it might be, I want to make 2019 my best year, make 2020 my best year ever. But you really only applied yourself for, for a couple months or a couple weeks out of the year. Whereas every moment, make every moment count, holds you accountable every single day, every moment of the day. Hold yourself accountable. What are you doing? What is your process? What's your end goal? It kind of ties into um, you know, what we talked about today. What kind of collector are you? How do you want to acquire the cards? What's your budget? How much money do you want to spend on this hobby? Same thing with making every moment count. Okay. When you're with your family, when you're with your kids, be in the moment. Turn your phone off. Put it, put it on silent. Go charge it in another room. Go put it in another room. Turn the TV off. Whatever you have to do. Maybe it's the opposite. You've been working. You've been grinding. You want to get on your phone. You want to check your, your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, whatever it is. By all means, if that's a form of entertainment for you, a, a release, a, a downtime, by all means, get it done. Turn on the TV. Watch a show. Probably be doing, I'll probably do that after this, after I record this. Go watch a show, go to bed. But make every moment count, especially in business and uh, in terms of making yourself successful this year. Okay? Making the year the best year ever could be too broad for you. So if that didn't work for you, if that's not something you connected with, Narrowing down your goal, becoming a little bit more focused might help you. And that's where making every moment count comes into play. So hopefully you guys are all doing well out there. Send me a tweet at SportsCardRadio. Send me an email, SportsCardShow at gmail.com. We'll be back some other time, some other place. But for now, we are out of here.